Welcome back to the Sandstone Cycles podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Those of you who are new to the podcast, my name is Christopher Martinez. Sandstone Cycles is a small bicycle repair shop located in Aztec, New Mexico. Currently, just focusing on bicycle repairs, but I am in the middle of talking to a couple of different manufacturers uh, to become a dealer. So I hope I have some good news about that in some upcoming episodes. I'm really excited about it, and I just think it would be really cool to work with some of these brands because I really like them. I really like their products. As far as the podcast goes, I just happen to live in a rad area. So uh, Durango, Colorado area, Four Corners area, there's a lot of super cool people around here, awesome athletes, not just in mountain biking, but all, all, all across the board. Amazing talent in this area. Small business owners, small bike shop owners, it's just really cool. So started this podcast and I've uh, been talking to them. I hope you guys have been enjoying it. I've been enjoying it. And uh, just stay tuned. Hopefully I can produce some more content for you guys and keep having fun with it. And, but most of all, yeah, thank you guys for listening. I really, really do appreciate it. With that, let's just jump into today's podcast. Today, my guest is Casey Brennan. Casey Brennan is a professional motocross racer. 2019, he will be racing the Monster Energy Supercross Series in the 450 division. I've known Casey for a while, but I really got to more formally meet him over the summer. He was up in Durango, Colorado, spending his summer and uh, riding his bike. And so I got to get in a few mountain bike rides with him. I really wanted to sit down with Casey because I'm always fascinated with any athlete competing at the highest level. So I really take my hat off to Casey. Uh, Not an easy sport. Fastest guys in the world. Any of you guys that follow Supercross know what that field looks like. So I wanted to to sit down and talk to him what it's like to be there. While we were recording this podcast, things were still up in the air as far as what his season was going to look like, bike he was going to ride, and kind of some sponsors. Happy to hear that Casey will be racing for Fun Center Cycles out of Durango, Colorado, aboard a KTM 450. So I'm stoked for him. I'm glad that worked out, and I'm really excited to see how he does this season. Those of you guys who are into watching Supercross, keep an eye out for him. Should be pretty cool. Okay, we'll get into this podcast. Thank you guys again for listening, and... Here we go. And I want to give you an opportunity to uh, just introduce yourself a little bit, tell people. Um, just a little about who you are, where you're from, uh, what kind of what you got going on, man. Yeah, well, my name is Casey Brandon. I'm 22 years old, and uh, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, yeah, I got into dirt bikes when I was about eight years old, and started taking it more serious when I was in my teens. And it kind of somehow bloomed into uh, racing professionally, and as a I guess you could say career. And um, yeah, you know, love for two wheels kind of grew from there riding bicycles and it's a uh, it's all fun stuff oh that's so cool man uh give us uh give us a little bit of backstory on your moto uh 
Did you race this year, Supercross? Yeah, um, I raced the West Coast Light Series, and then I raced, I think, four or five rounds on the East Coast in the 450 class, and um, kind of came to a, a halt. I got a, a pretty pretty uh, serious illness and kind of pulled the reins back on racing and training and yeah um for the tell uh what is your uh what memory stands out the most whether it be uh just a weird start or the gnarliest track you raced this year uh what was the rowdiest round for you um this year things that that stick out um i I would like to say daytona was really really cool it's pretty it's like a dream getting to go there never thought i'd be racing there um I, I didn't get to race. I was sick that weekend and oh, didn't perform what I needed to do. Qualified forty first <laughs> out, and they take the top forty. So that kind of oh no, that kind of was a bummer. But um, as far as like standout things, I mean, that was pretty rad. It was kind of a pretty mellow season. I didn't really have way too many ups, way too many lows. Kind of was just yeah. pretty neutral. I had some some decent qualifying times here and there, and. Um, Surprised a lot of people with some of the results I was putting on the 450 and kind of myself and um, yeah. but it was just it was just really really cool being able to travel east and um, race over there. That's it's a little surreal at times, but it's yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you next, man. It, is it what what is it? What's going through your head sometimes when you're when you're thinking I I'm with the best riders on the planet. My name's Casey Brennan. <laughs> I'm from Albuquerque. I mean, does it just kind of hit you sometimes like that? Like, this is, I'm on, you're just, how, how do you cope with that? Or you just don't? You're just like, oh, just, yeah. all these guys are normal guys too, and um, we're just out here doing it together? It just kind of depends. Like, sometimes it's pretty surreal. Like, I never thought that I would make it as far as I have, and it just kind of happened. I, I wouldn't say I kind of, like, lucked into it, but I, I had really good support behind me from my parents, and um, they did everything they could to help me and it just kind of just kept progressing into what it was and yeah there's definitely times where like I like see who I'm around and I'm like man I can't believe <laughs> like I'm on the trap with them or like my qualifying times that close to so and so and but then at times I'm like they're just a person like me like we're yeah. just we're coming here to race and you definitely have to have that mindset that we're all just people and yeah I'll put our pants on the same way and that's when so the gate cool. drops, the names don't matter. It'd be it'd be hard for me. I'd, I get uh, I'm a big motocross fan, man. So if I was ever uh, racing with James Stewart or something, I I'm, I dork out about some guys. Other guys, I'm just like, yeah. But yeah, racing the lights class the past like three years, like you get used to it, and it's just like lights class. It's not that like you get used to the names, but like I remember the first weekend in Dallas, in that heat race, and I was lining up with like Eli and. Jason and you know just all the top guys and I'm like oh my gosh was Rox in there or did he um, just crash? no he was out after San Diego oh, but yeah okay. I, I just remember Jason and Eli were in my heat race and I was like just don't mess them up <laughs> don't do anything to mess them up but yeah no it was pretty <laughs> it was pretty crazy um, it, it's one of those things like you say like you almost felt like I didn't belong but that's so cool it's yeah you ride with the uh, Anderson a lot? Did you? No, from, coming from the same kind um, of place. Yeah, no, we kind of rode here and there together, but um, obviously there's a pretty big age gap, and oh yeah, um, he's kind of been off doing yeah, his thing for and, a while. Yeah, he's been doing his his training program, and he he's really cool with me at the races, and he'll uh, 
help me out on track walk sometimes and say what's up and he's definitely a really really nice guy so sick man i'm pumped for you dude it gets i get i just think it's cool uh, i'm looking forward to uh, seeing you right you keep racing you're still racing right still yeah still going. i've actually been putting something together and you know nothing's been set in ink but um it's looking really really solid and putting something together for the 2019 series so i as long as everything keeps going how it is and nothing dramatic happens, I'll be racing again. And it'll be 450 and hopefully the whole 18 rounds. Yeah, A1, huh? Uh-huh. Yep. It's so sick. <clears throat> well, uh, let's go ahead and I want to get into why you're here, why uh, how we crossed paths. I've uh, actually known for each other for a little while. Mm -hmm. uh, Strava connects everybody. Yep, yep. <laughs> Always on Strava. Um, That's I don't know. How it I depends how far do you want me to go back. Like Mutual from, friends, I guess. Yeah. Go back as far as you, because I have a terrible memory. Yeah, no, I, I remember you from back in the days when I was a little kid. And no I way. Remember, I remember you were like the man up here for quad <laughs> racing. I remember, because I was friends with Cody Frew. Oh, no way. And they would take me to races, and obviously like you and Cody were like... Yeah. He always kicked my butt, but he was good. You guys were there, and yeah, yeah that, that's when I knew of you, and then obviously as we kind of grew up and see, see your stuff crazy. on social media and your Strava, but um, did you want me to go into what brought me up here? Yeah, let, yeah let's go into how, how we got here, how we're talking. Uh, yeah, how'd you get here? How'd you, chilling up in Durango, Colorado, Aztec, New Mexico? Well, kind of, a, kind of a long story. I'll try and make it somewhat brief, but... Yeah, we got plenty of time. Okay. Um, after, after Daytona Supercross, I, I remember I... I showed up there with my buddy that I was traveling with in his camper and just felt off all day, like not motivated to be there. Like I wasn't as pumped up for race day. Like, let's go. That's, I need to get this time to do this. I was just like, bleh. And then um, after that, he had to go race in Amsoil Arena Cross in Denver. Um, and that was the plan after Daytona. My little East Coast tour was done. And um, I went with him there and I, I was I just felt super sick and... I ended up trying to race and um, in the lights main, just halfway through, I just hit a wall like hard and I went to go line like, up. Like, uh, like just exhaustion? Yeah, just exhaustion. You can, to couldn't where, like ride your bike like yeah, you're just, supposed to be? Yeah, just couldn't be aggressive in the spots that I needed to be. It was just lazy. Just, and this is the middle of a race? Yeah, in the middle of a race and just hit like a physical wall where just everything like just could barely just managed to go around the track and did you keep racing i finished you... the race yeah oh, I, if yeah. there was a couple laps longer i probably would have pulled off <laughs> but i just kind of had that eye of the tiger and yeah. i was i was in a good position I, nice. I was in second until that happened and um but yeah mm -hmm. i pulled off and couldn't even put my bike on the stand after the race and Whoa. um i went to go line up for the premier main event and just looking like i just on my deathbed and I went to go, I threw my leg over my bike in the starting gate. I was the last one there. I was just destroyed and my hips cramped. Then I started my bike and my calves cramped, both oh, of them. Oh, man. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hurt myself. So I pulled <laughs> off, was sick all week. I was I was with the my buddies who we were traveling with and they were going to Idaho the next weekend and um, I just felt like death there still and didn't race um, and went back home and um, went to the doctor a couple times and was never getting a straight answer and just kept kept trying to figure out what was wrong and it had been months and or at least like a solid month that I was feeling bad and got some blood work done and um, found out that I was suffering from Epstein-Barr and um, kind of just brief, like briefly it's just like a classified as a chronic fatigue syndrome it's it's actually a disease that's in your blood 
from um, that you uh, acquire after having mono. Um, oh, okay. Put your body through too much stress after mono, you can relapse into Epstein-Barr. And that's what happened Ooh. to me. Um, and it's like a two to six month recovery and I was at home sitting on sitting on the couch in my room doing nothing for about three months. And I had a buddy from up here. Um, they went for a moto trip to Salt Lake City and he ended up breaking his leg, um, compound fracture to the tib, or, uh, tibula, and um, he owns his own roofing. Oh, well, before that, well, the guys that he were with, he had, they had to drive back here for work and their oh. lives, and I was like, I'm sitting at home, like I don't have anything to do. I'll drive up and hang out with my buddy and get him home safely so they, my other friends can go back to work. And um, when I was up there, we just kind of started talking, and he owns his own roofing company and wasn't going to be able to roof considering oh, he nice. yeah. broke his leg and um at that point i was kind of starting to feel better after about three and that's three and in durango months. right um yeah in, okay in durango um and uh yeah i i got up like just as we were driving home it kind of came up like hey why don't i come up and fill in the shoes and help you out you kind of teach me and um, yeah that's what got me up here and just been nice, working dude. doing some roofing and Got you, got you some money coming in, and yeah, and, uh, and a new new hobby. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great. After like a three month hiatus of like not doing anything yeah. and just, Man. you know, can that come back? You gotta want, you gotta keep an eye on it. Or, yeah, I just gotta, I just gotta really, you know, I gotta make sure that my sleeping schedule stays pretty tight and okay. um, don't put my body through way too much stress because I think my relapse happened after second round. I was up for thirty nine hours from Anaheim to Houston back to Anaheim on the Dang. drive there and I think that's what really killed my body so I just got yeah <laughs> I just gotta um just gotta watch out and not do dumb things like that and yeah. um it should be fine they've also found out like I had like a thyroid problem so oh, nice. put me on some medication for that and that's kind of helped with some a little bit more energy and oh, crazy. but yeah just been building keeping it dialed in yeah. huh uh so, uh, is this your first um, legit mountain bike? How, so, tell tell me how the mountain bike thing happened. Is that from Chad? So, is that, how how did you get full enduro? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I, I had I had like a like a like a specialized camber, like a twenty nine or just for like XC, a little suspension, so I could get a little uh -huh. sendy, but <laughs> nothing too crazy. Um, yeah, and I came up here, and like I said, that's when I started to feel better, and I, I was getting into running and just trying to build up the endurance and the and just get in shape again. And obviously, with the roofing, I was starting to make some money. And Chad just peer pressured me into buying a bike, and um, yeah, I ended up getting uh, this, this uh, Pivot uh, Mach Six, and it's been so much fun. You know, um, yeah, obviously been kind of. Focusing a little bit more on the down lately than <laughs> pedaling up like I used to, but I mean, still up here at yeah. you know, I mean, some rides you're in between like ten to thirteen thousand feet if you go to the right places, and yeah, that elevation, anything is hard to do. So, um, yeah, just kind of working myself into shape, having fun with my friends, and been loving it up here. Uh, <clears throat> so getting more into the the Cindy into it, the gravity. Uh, you did race a little local enduro race. That was your kind of first mountain bike race, right? Yeah, and I got absolutely smoked. <laughs> I rode like, like just 
not myself at all. <laughs> it was like I was like a Too kid. Too much pressure, man. Yeah, I was like a kid <laughs> racing my first ever dirt bike race. Um, it was it was cool. It was really fun. It's a lot different than racing motorcycles. It's nice to get back to like a local level and see everyone having fun and all the positivity in it compared to like sometimes no. at the Supercross race, a little negative and everyone's there's a lot of cool guys that don't like to right talk to you and it's just nice to get around a bunch of people who are all friends and all they're just doing what they love and nobody really cares yeah the atmosphere is just it's really fun and uh i'll definitely be racing some more in the future that's for sure dude that's cool man uh i have people ask me sometimes about uh, they'll i tell them i rode dirt bikes and race four-wheelers and stuff and they say oh well that's why you're so good on a bike uh i i don't think so i i think What's your opinion on this? What what crosses over and what doesn't cross over? Um, I think things that cross over is like the, the, I think the factor of what scares you and what doesn't. Um, that's what I have to say. But I mean, it is a completely different feel not having the motor, the gyro of something to save you in situations. Um, I think they're similar in ways, but not similar in other ways. Um. It's, it's really hard to describe, but um, yeah, two totally different things. I can tell you this much. My corner speed on a bicycle is atrocious, <laughs> and I still don't know how to figure that one out. <laughs> you got to keep your feet on the pedals, huh? Oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've you... been working it. I've been every, every Strava ride, checking those times, making sure I get those down. Got to beat Chad. That's all that matters. <laughs> Strava's really cool, man. I, I like it. it there's a... Uh... <clears throat> That's one of them weird things in the sport where people love hate thing. You hate Strava because the people ripping the trails too fast, uh, but you love Strava because you want to beat your buddies. Yeah, no, I definitely like it's like a love hate thing because it's really it's so cool because it gets you to be competitive in a situation where there's no one around and yep. you can beat your time and then see everyone else's. But at the same time, like sometimes it's nice to not ride with it and just enjoy the ride and not care about the times because you can get caught up in you know, trying to go too fast sometimes. Sometimes it's nice to kind of reel it back and just enjoy yeah. doing something that you love. Um, so these recent months, are this your, is this kind of your first time getting a little bit crazy on the bike? I mean, you've been kind of going around to bike parks and doing all kinds of stuff, or have you kind of been doing that for a while? Or no, this is, this is my first time. Like, I've always been, I wouldn't say scared to do anything whenever I was, I'm always in full race um, training, like... Um, this is my first time ever kind of taking a step back from racing and just doing the things that I enjoy. Um, been getting, getting a little crazy on the bicycle at some of the bike parks, some of the, (laughs) some of the, uh, slope style courses and stuff like that. Some of the places I go, it's pretty crazy, but also been kind of doing some climbing things and, um, that's completely out of my atmosphere and definitely a different experience, but, uh, climbing on, on the, oh, you mean on on, mountains, on rocks. Yeah. Like doing some canyoneering and oh. yeah some some ferratas and stuff like that nothing way too crazy but it's definitely enough to get you out of your comfort zone Dang. and um yeah just been enjoying the life up here just blitzing around in the mountains and yeah doing different things what uh what, what scares you most on the bike what do you struggle with the most bicycle or yeah. dirt bike? oh bicycle oh absolutely corners it's really? so upsetting <laughs> I, and it's like the easiest thing to go fast, and I feel like um, 
but yeah, I uh, I I'm really like like the technical aspect of some of some riding that we do, some of the rockier, slower stuff, and yeah. some of like the ledgy stuff, and then obviously I, I really don't have a problem with drops or jumps or anything, and it's just those corners. It's like the same thing on the dirt bike. I'm I'm kind of starting to see a pattern. <laughs> How funny, man. Uh, <laughs> your feet aren't stuck to your dirt bike, though. That's different. Yeah, no, that's definitely different. I've, I've gotten used to that over the years. It's Just from training on, on, yeah, a, on a mountain bike? Yeah, no, that's definitely... Uh, you get used to it, and it's, it's normal. Any uh, any crashes yet on the, on the pedal bike? Um, I've had a few decent ones. Honestly, not anything crazy on the enduro bike yet. And it's pretty surprising, considering some of the stuff I've done. I've destroyed myself a couple of times on the XC bike when I was trying to do some trails that I probably shouldn't have and <laughs> just went end over end. But so far, it's been safe riding on the on the new bike. Yeah, all that travel you got, man. It's been on you out. I know. That, that dropper post, too. Yeah. Get, get back. I like your bike, by the way, man. I, I was telling you the other day how uh, the conversation me and you were having the other day about what is the proper way to get into the sport and I was telling you how you're set up perfectly. You mm -hmm. don't have to have the carbon. You don't have to have the best brakes, the best wheels, the best everything. Uh, I really love your bike, dude. It's like so entry level, but so clean and perfect. It's like, it's everything you need to go fast. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm really, really happy with the bike. Um, I, I, It's enough for me yeah. as I'm learning and trying to get better. And um like you said, like I, I didn't have to get go all in on like a seven thousand dollar bike. I was able yeah. to get kind of like a more entry level bike. Um, obviously, gotta save some funds for, oh, the, for the Supercross season. But um, yeah, I kind of splurged a little bit and bought myself a fun toy, and it's it's been a really good decision. I haven't had any yeah. buyer's remorse yet. And I don't think I will. I just always wish that people getting into the sport would look at something like that. I'm sure a lot do, but then I find people that really don't belong on super expensive bikes. I mean, whatever. It's free country. Do whatever you want. That's yeah. the beauty of it. You can have anything you want, whatever you can afford. But uh, your bike is something like I can get on and race, you know, and feel comfortable with. Uh, it's like got the perfect, perfect spec. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy with it. You know, it's not like it's not a carbon frame and doesn't have like the best components, but it's got it's got what you need to go fast and have fun and you know, it's like you said, like a perfect, like entry level bike into getting yeah. crazy going downhill. So, what do you, uh, what's the future look like with you with mountain biking? How many more? What are you doing for the rest of this year? Um, there's a couple little local races I'll do. Um, obviously, um, that one here in a couple of weeks. Um, just those little Z. Oh yeah, the Star one, Wars. Yeah, up there or Star Wars or Raiders Ridge. Raiders Ridge. Yeah, no. Any I'll, of you rode that? Um, I'm not sure like what part of the ridge it is. <laughs> I've been up there. We'll we'll figure it out. But um, yeah, I'll race some of those. And um, I know that kind of like the season's coming to a close. But next summer, um, obviously I'll race Supercross through the year. Everything goes to plan, and I make it through safe and healthy. When when does I mean, Supercross end? Um, it's like January through May, uh, April. Oh, so oh, you're good, dude. Yeah, no. Mountain bike racing heading starts exactly. Start, yeah. So I'll be doing doing the Supercross gig, and um, my girlfriend and I are looking to move up here. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, I'd like to get into some of like the big mountain enduros and some of the 
the Scott cups that you're, you're saying oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and, so um, yeah, it's just, it's just a cool community. The, the atmosphere is a lot different and, um, yeah, it's just fun to still be competitive Yeah. on something other than racing dirt bikes. I think it's like a healthy balance to, yeah. you know, kind of get out and experience different things. Take the break huh, from, from, from the dirt bike. Yeah. It's just get a break. I think it's like a healthy way to kind of keep the mind active and, um, obviously it's, you know, good for the body too, but yeah, yeah I, I think it's a good balance of, you know, fun and fun from racing dirt bikes and fun from racing bicycles. Dude, I'm stoked for you. I think you're going to get pretty fast with your base. Your, uh, you know, I mean, you obviously have to have a pretty decent base for, for supercross training. Uh, do you start training? Um, it, like say you are racing a one when, when do you start when do you start hitting that hard? So normally, um, I start training right now in September, oh, but, man. um, then I wouldn't say struggling to get bikes, but having to make a change and go a different direction from what I was doing, having to kind of switch shops right now and, yeah. um, just trying to start over fresh, um, with a clean slate and it's a little hard with, uh, you know, so you just might start a little late. Yeah, uh, things are looking to come together probably by the end of this month, and I'm hoping to start early October. Um, and I, I still think that's plenty of time to get in shape oh, and yeah. get back. Um, you know, it's just just bikes. It, it's, you don't forget. Yeah, uh, probably riding is a big part of it, huh? Just mm-hmm. putting in a lot of laps. Yeah. So um, typically, I like to try and spin about, depending on the day, um, forty out. Oh, 40 to 50 laps on the supercross track. Obviously, there's days where I work sections and different things, but um, like a typical day for me is um, wake up, throw down a couple loads of water on the supercross track, um, eat breakfast, and then um, gear up about 9, 10, depending on how cold it is in the morning, um, if the track's still frozen from the night before, and then, yeah, ride till a little after lunch, and then do a gym workout or um, a road bike ride, um, do some track prep, eat dinner, go to bed, repeat Dang. the next day. Oh, what a terrible life, dude. I know, right? <laughs> <clears throat> no, I'm really fortunate. Um, <laughs> I had a family uh, that really stepped up and helped me when they really didn't know me all too well at the time. Very and cool. We grew really close and they welcomed me with open arms, gave me a place to stay, built me a track, train on, gave me the equipment to learn how to work on it and everything. And without them, I really wow. don't see how it would be financially possible. Yeah. Possible. Like, I'm really fortunate. <laughs> That's so cool, man. I'm excited to see you race next year and uh, I want to see everything come together for you. Uh, I want to see you start training in Cortez. I think that'd be cool. I, know. I don't know if we know anybody in Cortez, but yeah, I think I just, I don't, good, good I don't, spot for you. I don't know of any dudes in Cortez. <laughs> no, that it, it'd be cool. Um, I got a couple, a couple friends that might be able to get me. That'd be there. neat. We'll see. As long as you're staying in this area, man, I think that you can um, just be beneficial for you. Yeah, I like um, it. I I always wonder if that uh, it just. Uh, I'm always surprised with Eli's success because he's so remote from California and Florida. Uh, I, I don't know. You think that has a lot to do with him just not being in those areas, just keep getting away 
in between rounds or I couldn't tell you the secret. <laughs> um, Dude's just on another level. Huh? Yeah, he's 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 an animal. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't say I even close to the same program, but I kind of have that same. Um, Like that reclusive, reclusiveness. I think you would say uh, at the farm that I train at. It's oh okay out of sight, out of mind. Um, yeah, so you awesome. kind of do your own thing, and obviously he's got a little bit more of a program. Right, his, right. His dad seems <clears throat> to be him and his dad seem to have a really good relationship yeah. with training, and um, it works for them. And yeah. I think I think a lot of it personally is just training where you're happy. Yeah, and. At least personally for me, California is a hard place to be happy in. Really, yeah. And I can it's see too busy, huh? Too much yeah, happening. Yeah, I can see growing up here, for him, how he wouldn't want to be in California. Yeah. I I can't speak for him, but no, that's just just training sense. where you're happy, and obviously that's where he's happy. And mindset is a lot. And if you're happy to wake up in the morning and ride where you're riding, then that's where you're gonna obviously progress yeah. the most. That's cool. That's cool for you too. To uh, how you men- mentioned mentally, it's a it's a huge mental game, and uh, I imagine that's probably uh, is that is that kind of thing going on. I'm, I'm sure there's probably men- uh, coaches that help riders just with their mental game. Not so much their physical. There's physical trainers, and then there's also uh, like mental health coaches. I mean, is that something um, you hear about or not too much? I couldn't tell you. Not I couldn't tell you from the top tier level. Um, I, I, I've heard stories of some, some pretty fast dudes going to, um, sports psychiatrists and stuff like that for certain problems. But I think a lot of mental, like the mental aspect just comes from the physical side of training, building that confidence day in and day out. Um, yeah, just that, that constant grind is going to build you physically and mentally and yeah, like the mental aspect of racing, um. It, it's huge and, and super cross because there's tents that separate you and the guys you're around and yeah. that can just be made up by <clears throat> you just having a, a strong mentality on the track and you know not letting anything stop what you're chasing how important <clears throat> is it to go to just kind of slow down and keep in mind to stack not look at the season but look at the years how how important do you think it is? What what kind of approach do you take? Do you, do you take? I know you have to go as fast as you can that race, but do you say in three years I'm gonna be this much better? And, and do do you give yourself that long or um, not so much? Do you not look that far ahead? It's hard to say just because financially it just right. gets harder and harder every year. But um, kind of what you're saying, like. For me, I've found joy outside of racing, and nice. I know the racing won't last forever. Uh-huh. I love it, but um, I wouldn't say it hinders me on the track, but I, I, I'm a little bit smarter okay. um, when it comes to racing, and I, I, that's also probably one of my biggest downfalls is right. is um, struggling to just let go and just go for it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I... I I'm not looking way too long term, but I mean, when you're in the heat of the moment, sometimes things just happen. And right, you know, I've been really fortunate with injuries, and there are people who have gotten to this level who have had twice the injury list I have, and um, I'm just really fortunate to have the trainer that I did as an amateur, um, and just 
be kind of like the calm, cool, collected writer that I am. Yeah. <clears throat> I always feel that, and this is something I just want to ask you because I, I don't know anything about this, but it seems as the younger kids, Loretta Days, and then coming, kind of coming up through the, when you're first getting on a 250 and kind of the climbing, you, you got that real young youngster mentality where you're just wide open, um, wanting to quad everything and just go as fast as you can. When you get to the level of Supercross, do you actually, or even now that you've been on the 450 in Supercross, do you, do you have, does it, is it beneficial to back it down and not ride like that anymore? Um, I mean, can you not ride like that anymore? Or is it, or are you still just wide open on a 450? Because I'm always curious. To me, it feels like I'm not, but I'm sure from other people watching, they could say that I am. Um, I, I, I understand what you're asking. Um, yeah, as you get older, you get a little bit smarter, I think, a little bit more mature, and then you kind of come down because rookies do have that uh, preconceived notion where they come in and they're scrubbing everything. They're just overriding. They'll get hurt. And it happens to everyone. Um, and you just learn from mistakes. And I think that's why you see a lot of like the 450 guys, it's, they're a lot smarter and a lot more in control. And they're not looking like they're trying as hard because yeah. they've learned from mistakes and learned where they can make up most of their time instead of just overriding the track and overriding the bike to the point where they're going to get hurt. <laughs> and another thing I know that they uh, they have different tools nowadays, or it's probably been around for a while, but I've just heard of it recently where they can kind of figure out what gives them the fastest lap. Isn't there like a tool yeah, that kind of maps that out and um, tells you if you went on the inside here and then hit the whoops from the inside or did the triple triple or how it, it it tells you which lap you put together the fastest by doing certain lines yes yeah, so there's a couple different things that some of like the teams use um the one that you're referring to it's called the lip pro okay and it tracks yeah. every lap um every line pinpoints what you did it'll show you your speed it'll show you a colored map i guess you could say of like where you're accelerating where you're braking where oh, you're coasting okay. and it's almost down to a science to pinpointing your weakest spots and erasing those to where you're doing everything that you possibly can to get as fast as you can on that track. That's one thing that they do, a lot of teams do, and um, riders. And then bef before that, and even um, still, uh, they have, teams have, uh, typically it's like the, their, the truck driver, They'll film practice, um, oh, okay. and they have a uh, a program um, where they can overlap the video footage from separate oh, laps. Wow! Where they'll do a different rhythm, or or do something different, or they'll videotape the fastest qualifier and them, and they overlay it to see where the person was faster. Um, Gosh. And that's kind of nice because you actually get a visual and you can see exactly where they were fast or what they did different instead of just sometimes like the number crunching yeah um at least for me i think the visual would be better i don't yeah. i don't have the access to those i was resources. gonna say that you i don't... could get a lip pro but i just yeah have that so this is the fight that you're up against is that these are the guys you're riding against is they have they're not the ones getting the audio and stuff they get to just kind of rehydrate and not worry about it yeah i i typically hate that whole like like 
like, oh, I'm just a poor privateer oh, sob right. story. I, I really hate getting into that negativity that a lot of people have. Just work um, hard, huh? Yeah, and I'm, like I said, I'm, I didn't think I'd even make it this far, so I'm yeah, just super awesome. grateful to be in the position that I'm in. Perfect. Um, but... Yeah, it's a pretty top-heavy sport. Those, but the, do you can you still uh, in your position since you don't have access to all that stuff? Do you still kind of like watch those guys? Is it beneficial to just watch them? Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Just, just watching lines, see what they're doing, stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's because you know they're you know they're gonna be doing the right stuff. Yeah, no, it's absolutely beneficial. Um, and I'm I'm not gonna say that you can't get to their level. Yeah, yeah. It, it's obviously possible. There's there's stories. It, it's very difficult. Well, they got there. Yeah, yeah. And there's some stories of privateers making it big. You could say, you know, yeah, you got, like Weston Pike. That's the first one that comes to mind. Obviously, right. um, not so much supernatural, but he worked really hard. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, and to me, he don't stand out to be the most natural dirt bike rider. No, but he, just, he's yeah, yeah. He's had a rough road. It sounds like. Yeah, no. I, I mean, he's living proof that you can. You can get to the to the top from you know, you know, being a privateer and like I said, I, I try not to get in that like, yeah, yeah. oh, if I had this, I'd be doing that. Just and enjoy it. Huh? I really don't think that's true. I think, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be. If you work hard enough, things will happen, and you just have to have a strong mentality. That's my yeah. opinion. Um, I'm saying this from the position I that love I'm it, in, dude. but yeah, I love it. no. That's... <clears throat> Just be like, I love how you say, be grateful, man. Just mm-hmm. enjoy the process. It's only going to happen once in your life. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, we all got into this sport because we love it, obviously. And, yeah. you know, I think, you know, when you talk to some people, they seem to kind of lose touch with that. And, yeah. You know, um, there's, there's obviously times where I'm negative and it kind of wears on you. And, you know, like, oh, nothing's going right. And you just kind of get in one of those grooves. But you really got to step back and, you know, every... Every now and again when you're walking to the stadium for the night show and just kind of like, you know, look around and take it in and just realize how lucky you are to be in the position that you're in and, and don't take it for granted. Oh, man. So cool. Um, you ever see those um, when you're looking at the top five guys, the top ten guys? Well, all the guys are fast. Yeah. But is there a select few when you look at them and you see them do something during qualifying or practice them you're like... I'm not going to do that. Or do you kind of step <laughs> up to the plate? Or... That's almost all the time. Really? <laughs> yeah, like we'll be on track walk and I'll see something like that's just ridiculous. I'm like, they're going to be doing that and I can promise you right now I'm not going to. I'm, so far I've been pretty good with my promises to myself. There was, there was one time this year at, at uh, Tampa um, there was this like triple into a rhythm section and on track walk I'm like, yep, yeah, nope, not doing it. And and I can't remember if it was free practice the first qualifying. I saw someone do it in front of me. I'm like, really not that bad. <laughs> and then I came around next lap and I did it. And I'm like, why did I talk myself out of that? It was so easy. <laughs> and, you know, even at the level where I'm at, I mean, there, there's so much room for improvement from where I'm at. Um, yeah. I mean, from the top dude to me, there's, you know, typically, it depends on the track, <clears throat> but average of like five, four to five seconds a lap. And that that's a lot, but... Um, that is a lot. I'm yeah. still learning, you know, every weekend, you know, you get a little bit better and do something that you didn't think you could do. And it's just pushing yourself, um, just to become the best racer that you possibly can be for yourself too. So perk, that's the perks of being at that level. Yeah, no. And, and yeah, the local guys aren't going to push you to do that stuff. No. And, um, 
this this year too like like i said it was it was my buddy and i um traveling the east coast and we had a blast doing it and the years before i was literally by myself obviously the year before i had my girlfriend and um i got i got some really good support from from some other people but um it's not the same when you're with your buddies and um this year if things keep looking the way they are it'll be a really good group of us traveling around in a fifth wheel racing and like that's just like the living the dream you and your friends traveling around racing dirt bikes and um i this will be this is definitely the most excited i've ever been for a supercross season like it's just gonna be fun just traveling with your buddies and you start a youtube channel man i know i need to get on it and everyone's (laughs) getting on that that vlog game um it's fun. I watch. I listen to Christian Craig's all the time. I think it's cool. Yeah, I I actually I watched Adams Cincerello's uh, for that Finding Stu thing and so was awesome, huh? so disappointed because <laughs> me too. They never I'm showed so him, <laughs> and it was like the best clickbait. But it was still cool. Adams a Adams a really good character for racing. He's yeah. really really personable guy and he just he is. He, he doesn't get in that cool guy mode. He he just. Yeah seems like an everyday normal guy that you could approach that's just so cool it, man it's good to have good people like that yeah it's good, definitely good to have faces like that in the sport and that's ultimately what's going to grow our sport yeah. i think man that's so cool i had one more thing i was going to ask you but i forgot what it was now uh shoot we got man you got anything else we're we're, we're going for it there for a while we're on a little roll yeah i know we but that was fun yeah, no, absolutely. I enjoyed it. We'll sit down some more, man, after your, yeah. your next Supercross. Absolutely. Hopefully I'll be back up here and yeah. you can see me oh, at yeah. the, uh, some of the Enduro races, some of the bigger talk, ones. I'll talk to you how your Supercross season went. Yeah. And I'll, could... I'll try to watch you a little closer now. That way I have better questions. Yeah, no, we'll, about it'll your... be good. It was, it I'll was... be like, what happened, dude? What happened in that in that uh, LCQ or something? Yeah. We Do can... they still have LCQs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, two heats, an LCQ, and then a main. Um, Monster Energy Cup, is that? Yeah, that's. Soon? I was hoping to be. Is that October? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact date, but it's like the second or third weekend in October, and I was I was hoping to be able to go there. I got to do that in 2017. Not gonna make it this year. Not gonna make it this year. Just nice. haven't been on the bike. You gonna go? Just watch. Um, I have a friend that wants me to go, but we'll see. I'm really eager to get back on the bike and <laughs> get into my training. Um, it's kind of sometimes a little. A little boring to go to the races and just watch from the stands. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> especially when, you you know, you just feel like you need to be out there. That's so cool, man. Well, right on, dude. Thank you. Thank you for sitting down with me. Thank you for doing this. I was excited to talk to you about. I just, I get, I uh, love following motocross. Yeah, no, cool. not a problem. Sport. Thanks for having me. I know it's mm-hmm. more of typically a bicycle no, podcast. It's, and it's cool. We touched a little bit about bikes yeah, and yeah, how I'm <laughs> kind of a goon and we're learning, getting yeah. a little better. That's what when we sat down and do this podcast, I'm like, how am I going to tie this into bikes? <laughs> but, yeah, no. We got, but we had to tackle some bike stuff. Uh, actually, we tackled a lot of it. And yeah. I'm excited for you to learn that because for me, it's been crazy. Just, I'm, uh, I don't know where I'm at. I guess it, I feel like I'm hauling ass. <laughs> but then I look at the top guys and I'm like, how do I just get into the top 10? Oh, I know. What are they doing? And then I watch them, and I'm like, I did that. They didn't look faster than me through there. <laughs> They're making up killer time on me somewhere. Yeah. Um, the cool thing with bikes, too, compared to dirt bikes, is they, you know, can, it's a lot longer of a 
sport. You get some older guys that shred yeah. still. Seriously, dude. Supercross. It's. I mean, gonna have to give me one of them gadgets and uh, find the fast line through the enduro courses. Oh yeah, one of those lip pros. <laughs> lip yeah, pro. yeah. There you go. You got yourself a business idea. Work with the, the, the guy who does lip pro and get in the mountain biking. Get I'm sure. The, I'm sure there's. Get in the enduro gang. They probably oh, yeah. already doing it. Oh, probably. Sure. Something I don't know about. Yeah. How funny, man. But, um, well, right on. Where can uh, how do people follow you, man? Social media. Um, yeah. So my Instagram name is uh, Casey underscore three eight three. You could probably find me underneath Casey Brennan, and um, typically it's just you know posts about how the weekend goes and you know some training footage here and there and you know stuff to stay a little connected and Facebook. Um, that's that's all I got actually. So um, yeah. Perfect, dude. Right on, guys. Thanks for listening, and I appreciate it, as always. And uh, catch you on the next one.